Hey everybody, how you doing today? It's Friday, it's February 26th, 2016. It's the Sam Sports Podcast, or Sam Sports Podcast, or just, you know, where everybody wants to be on a Friday afternoon, whatever you want to call it. I'm back on the uh, the mic today to talk a little football. Uh, I've been off the mic for a couple of days. It's been a heck of a week. I've uh, My birthday was on Wednesday. Um... I, uh, got, I've been working a lot on my radio show, so I just submitted my first cut of my first radio show that's going to be airing on uh, Saturday, March 5th, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 610 a.m. ESPN Radio in Philadelphia. Everybody who's in the area, you should tune in, check it out, 610amsports.com. Uh, you can uh, listen to it. I'm sure after it airs, they'll have it in podcast form there. You guys know where to listen to me. I'm, I'm on SoundCloud and iTunes. You know the drill. You know the drill. It's been a little, I've just, I had to get back on the mic, talk a little bit. So I was spending a lot of time today reading about um, Bill Barnwell has this great column on ESPN talking about uh, the five moves that every team should be making going into the offseason. And a lot of it is very, very insightful. I decided to go through that. I went through a lot of the other home pages on ESPN, kind of get a sense of what are the headlines with each respective team. I really want to go team by team. Now, there's 32 teams in the NFL. This could take a little bit of time. I'm thinking I just start yeah, t- start touching on the teams, giving you a few thoughts on each team that I have. I'm going to go division by division. If it ends up taking a little bit too much time, we'll just stop and come back, and the next podcast will be the next division. You know how it works. I'm not going anywhere, and uh, the uh, football season isn't starting anytime soon, so might as well just keep stewing about the stuff that's going on. And contracts are being signed. Deadlines are showing up. Cut times, June 1st cuts pre-June 1st cuts, post-June 1st cuts, April 1st, are we going to keep Colin Kaepernick for his guaranteed contract? Are we going to tag Sam Bradford, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, let's let's just go with my favorite division, the NFC East. I talked a lot about the Eagles. I think many of you guys listened to the last podcast. I went into the Eagles back to front and sideways, baby. Um, so let's jump to, uh, let's go to the Redskins. Uh, well, it's terrible. As many many of these sports announcers are saying these days, the Washington Football Franchise. So we can get away from saying the Redskins. Yeah, that's not an offensive name at all. Hello. Uh, so Kirk Cousins. They need to bring Kirk Cousins back. Uh, big surprise. Contract talks between Kirk Cousins and the Redskins have stalled. I say that because the Redskins are idiots. They don't know how to handle their franchise whatsoever. Um, they are a, a nice picture of ineptitude. They're one of the franchises who figure out a way to screw things up every season. So they need to lock up Kirk Cousins. I think that he has blossomed into being a better quarterback than Robert Griffin III uh, is ever going to be for the Redskins because he's they're going to be letting him go, which is a good decision. Um, but Kirk was good. He was a serviceable quarterback who I think has got an upswing coming in. He's going to be better in the years to come and locking him up to, and his agent knows this. So his team doesn't want some undercutting deal that's team friendly for the Redskins. And that's probably where the contract stalls have come is that the Redskins don't want to open up their checkbook and pay a quarterback the amount of money he deserves. And let's be real here, Redskins, where else are you going to get another quarterback? Is Robert Griffin III going to be your guy? He isn't. As a matter of fact, you're getting a lot of cap relief by letting him walk away. So figure it out with Cousins. They're probably going to tag him. It's a nice, you know, Washington football franchise way to just hang on to him before they can make a real committed decision to give him the money he deserves, let him prove himself for another season. If they want to go down that route and really paint themselves into a corner like that, 
you know, that's going to earn goodwill with Kirk Cousins' sides, I'm sure. Uh, but that's um, pretty much what the Redskins are doing these days, trying to figure out what to do with their great quarterback. It's like, oh, darn, we a great quarterback fell in our laps. What are we going to do? A um, few of the other things that Barnwell mentioned, he made, he made a good point. He said, cut Andre Roberts. Now, Andre Roberts is the number three wide receiver for the Washington Redskins, and he came over from the Arizona Cardinals the same offseason that the Redskins brought in Deshaun Jackson. Roberts came in, got a pretty decent deal to kind of be the number one, number two receiver. I think it was going to be the number two with Pierre Garçon. Garçon was going to be one, he was going to be two. And then the Eagles shoved Deshaun Jackson out the door, opportunity knocks, the Redskins go pick him up, and then Andre Roberts is the odd man out as all of a sudden he's got this contract to sort of move up in the ranks with Washington, and now you know some Deshaun Jackson kind of took his spot. Uh, the other thing that um, Bill Barnwell mentioned is that Deshaun Jackson took the vertical away from Andre Roberts, so he's not playing that role. And then young wide receiver Jamison Crowder has been playing the slot much better than Andre Roberts as well, so now he's not playing that option either. Now he's just um, a, a not a major salary cap hit. Hang on, let me check with Foxy. Hey, Foxy! Foxy's the fact checker. I'm going to find out what his salary cap hit is. Thank you very much, Foxy. Foxy just gave me the fact-checking. He uh, Andre Roberts has a $5 million cap hit. Uh, there will be $10, uh, $2 million in dead money, $3 million in savings if they cut him. So you're actually going to save $3 million. That's a pretty good idea. You know, no knock on Andre Roberts, but it's just, you know, it's hard to stay at that type of a level in the NFL. And he, you know, Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson are two really good receivers. I think Andre Roberts can find a home someplace else, though. Um, one of the other things that Barnwell mentioned about the the Washington is the secondary. Deshaun Goldson, Chris Culliver. He says you should cut both of them. They're getting paid too much money. I agree. Uh, and their secondary was was nothing to shout at. Those guys weren't particularly good. You know, they had Brandon Merriweather, that guy who kept hitting people and getting fined for it. He was a journeyman who was on that team for a bit. Uh, I think he was in, I believe he was on the Giants last year, but he was another guy that's kind of been the rotating door of that secondary with the Redskins. So those are a couple of things they're going to have to look at. Uh, the biggest thing on their, on their list though is, is, you know, Kirk Cousins and also looking at, um, Alfred Morris. So Alfred Morris has really been a rock for the Redskins over the last couple of seasons, but his contract is up and they've got Matt Jones, who's a promising, uh, young rookie, uh, or well, was a rookie last year running back for the Redskins and, uh, you know, really turned a few heads and, you know, is offering them a future outlook, so maybe they could let Alfred Morris walk. I think the wise thing to do is to keep him, maybe sign him to a deal that's, uh, you know, not as huge, although that's he's going to, you know, demand some good money on the free agent market. So it wouldn't surprise me one bit if uh, the Washington lets Alfred Morris walk out the door. Uh, let's move to the um, New York Giants. A couple of big things about the Giants is they cut some offensive linemen who were really not playing very well and were kind of dead weight. So right off the bat, offseason begins, they cut Will Beatty and they cut Jeff Schwartz, uh, two offensive linemen who had some good play in their days but have both sort of succumbed to injuries and age and poor play. Uh, John Beeson, the linebacker who they traded, um, they got him from the Carolina Panthers a couple seasons ago, played very well after the trade. They signed him to good money. He then got a lot of injuries and missed a lot of time. They cut him. This is going to be a lot of salary cap savings for the New York Giants. Um, and they're going to need to look at that because uh, a couple of things Barnwell said, which I think are interesting, is he says you should let Jason Pierre-Paul walk away. Um, Jason Pierre-Paul's play, even 
not counting, you know, considering, not even considering the fireworks accident and his hand being blown off, but his play really dipped this season. Yes, he missed half the season, but his play did dip. Um, and he is still looking for and trying to command that big money on the open market. So there might be another team that's going to try to snatch him up, pay him that money, and it might not be worth the price of admission. And that's a good reason that maybe the Giants want to see him walk away and um, move on to greener pastures. It might not be the best call for them. Uh, but that's, I, you know, I, I think that's a very interesting point. Some of the other things they're going to need to do is they really need to try to figure out some people that are going to work on their defensive and the middle linebackers. Um, you know, they brought in a few utility guys who they paid a little bit too much money to, and I don't really know how much it worked out for them. That's just been a sore spot for them. The, the, this team has been 6-10 and 10 for two straight seasons, hasn't been working out very well for them. They've had offensive line problems. They've had defensive problems. Um, uh, one of the other things Bill Barnwell mentioned is they've got to restructure Victor Cruz's contract. He's getting gigantic, colossal, superstar wide receiver money, and he missed all of last season, and he's recovering from a horrific knee injury. That's something you got to consider as you move forward. And I think restructuring is being nice because they've committed a lot of money to him. They can't get out of that deal, but they're going to want some cap relief. And, you know, Victor Cruz, I think, is going to want to have the security of knowing that his team has still got his back and that they're going to stick by him as he comes back from that hard injury, which not every single team is willing to do, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, some teams will just be like, get the hell out of here. You're done. Uh, so that, that's something for the Giants to look at. They definitely need to look at that offensive line. You know, Eric Flowers played very well at left tackle as a rookie. Um, I think they have, who are, the, who are the other guys? I think Justin Pugh. Justin Pugh also played pretty well. But the, the truth of the matter is, you need to get a few more people who are more mainstays on that offensive line. If you want Eli Manning to produce, you've got to trot a few better people out there other than John Jerry and Marshall Newhouse. Those guys just, it's not working out for you. And there are some guys on the open market. Go pick them up, see what you can do. It's going to be worth your while in the long run. Um, anyway, that's enough on the Giants. Let's, uh, Dallas Cowboys. Okay, I'm going to be really real. I'm going to be real with me, son. Be really real with me, son. I'm going to be really real. I'm going to say that, the Dallas Cowboys, I'm thinking now, are going to win the division next year. I really feel that they've got a good team that was hit by a lot of injuries this season. I think Tony Romo's going to come back. He's going to be good. Uh, I think Des Bryant's going to come back. He's going to be good. I think the offensive line is still fantastic, and whoever's in the backfield for them is going to thrive. I think you can say that Lance Dunbar uh, was the um, – I think he tore his ACL last year. Uh, Foxy! Foxy time. Got to check. Do the fact checking. Hang on a second. Thank you very much, Foxy, for the Fox check. <laughs> the Fox check. So Lance Dunbar, week four last year, tore an ACL and an MCL. It's bad. Probably will not be 100% even when the season begins. So that that is dis that's definitely discomforting. But they also got, you know, run DMC, Darren McFadden, captain injury himself. Maybe he'll actually make it through the whole season this year. He did make it through last season all year, but he wasn't the lead back for the whole season. Just going to put that out there. Either way, the O-line for Dallas is so darn good. doesn't matter who's running in the backfield. They're going to make something out of it. Jason Witten hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, the real thing to look at is this defense. So, number one, Randy Gregory has been suspended. He's going to be missing a chunk of time. Um, number two, are they really going to bring back Greg Hardy? You know, he was a bit of dramatic head case in the, uh, in the locker room. You know, it's just even when he... 
even when he's already doing and saying things that he shouldn't be saying, he goes and runs his mouth off again. You know, I know Jerry Jones backed him during the season, but I don't really know if I, I don't, I don't see that being a long-term thing. Uh, however, the need at defense might demand that they actually do go get him, um, or at least bring him back. Demarcus Lawrence uh, certainly played pretty well last season, but he's he's coming back from back surgery. Um, so there's, 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 there's an interesting thing there. They're going to need to look to continue filling that in. And Sean Lee, I love him, but you always need to have some depth at that position with the Cowboys because he could go down at any moment. And uh, it's, a, it's a risk that I don't think they want to go in. They, don't, they shouldn't be taking if they're going into this offseason, if they're going into next season. And they're going to have a lot of issues with salary cap. They're another team. They're like the Steelers. They're always sort of in salary cap hell, trying to make the money work and figure it out. Um, the other thing Bill Barnwell really threw out there, which is a big thing when it comes to salary cap, is Brandon Carr. So his deal is terrible. It's awful. They've restructured it, I think, two or three times. And... Um, they're essentially still on the hook to pay him all this money, but do you pay him now? Do you cut him? I think, uh, hang on a second, uh, Foxy, got to do Foxy fact check. Hang on a second. Thank you, Foxy. So here's the dead money cap hit for Brandon Carr. If they cut him before June 1st, the dead money cap hit is $7.4 million. If they cut him after June 1st, the dead money cap hit is um, $4.7 million. So there's a bit of a, you know, a factor that the Cowboys can weigh in when they're figuring out exactly when and how and if they want to cut Brandon Carr. But, you know, his play has really been poor. You also got to think about Morris Claiborne. He was a very high draft pick for the Cowboys. Played in their secondary. His play has been disappointing. Um, that's another guy I think they want to try to move on from, but I still feel very good about this. Rod Marinelli as defensive coordinator always finds a way of making that Cowboys defense effective and good. Even with the problems they had last season, I think a lot of that can still just be stemmed to, or, or tied to the offense, the offense, just having so many problems. Um, and you know, you got to say this, you got to, they need to invest in some type of a uh, a backup quarterback they feel more positive in because it was a real problem last season. Not everybody needs a backup quarterback, but when you're in that situation, they clearly need someone they can trust a little bit more than Matt Castle and Brandon Whedon and was it uh, Kellen Moore? I think was the guy they ended, they actually ended the season with. Oh boy, what a what a mess that was if you ask me. Um, all right, so that's that's the long and the short of that division. Let's go to um, let's stay in the East. Let's do the AFC East. Let's jump on the Patriots right now and discuss a little bit of what the Patriots need to do this offseason. So they definitely have some running back issues. Um, Deion Lewis, I think, was a real find last year. However, now he's coming back from injury, so you kind of need to work with that. Uh, there's a real discussion of uh, sh what should they do with LeGarrette Blunt? Should they bring him back? Should they try to find someone who is maybe the same amount of money? They might bring him back just because he's cheap. Um, they might also bring um, bring in a few other guys who they could really, you know, they they fit guys into their running back scheme, and they need pass-catching backs, that Shane Vereen type guys. You know, that's what Deion Lewis really was when he was playing for them. Um, a couple other good points that uh, Bill Barnwell made. He just he made a lot of good points in this article he put together. Um, but he discusses how uh, offensive line, you need to get rid of Marcus Cannon. He was a real, real nightmare this season for the Patriots in the, in the playoffs and during the regular season. He was, you know, notably the guy on the offensive line that was a serious, serious problem. And you're going to get some cap savings if you get rid of him. Also, Brandon LaFell. Brandon LaFell really 
didn't perform all that well, started to lose snaps to Keyshawn Martin towards the end of the season. And he's also another guy that's got a decent cap hit as well. So you get rid of him, you're going to get some cap relief there as well. Um, Another good thing to mention is that the Patriots fired their offensive line coach. That guy, Dave uh, DiGilmo, I'm not sure how to say his last name. He got fired right after they lost that uh, game to the Broncos when Tom Brady essentially, you know, his offensive line looked like an absolute train wreck. Um, And the Patriots brought back Dante Scarnecchia, who was the offensive line coach before. So certainly a vote of confidence from Bill Belichick on that guy to just go and say, you know what, this other guy wasn't working. You need to come back and take this job back. A um, couple things to know, uh, Gerard Mayo retired from the Patriots. That was also a good sign. Uh, after his injury a couple seasons ago, he just wasn't the same. His cap hit was monstrous. Uh, it works out for them. It, I'm sure it probably works out for him. I think he knew the writing was on the wall. Even if he wasn't going to be retiring, he was probably going to be a cap casualty. And, uh, you know, now he goes out on his own terms. God bless him. Um, speaking of that same middle linebacker position, Jamie Collins, Dante Hightower, Chandler Jones, those guys are the future of your Patriots defense. They need to lock them up. They need to get them under contract. They need to make sure they're not going anywhere because those are those guys are big reasons why the team is one of the, you know, most competitive teams. It's not just Tom Brady and the offense. They have to have a defense which answers. And they've had years when Tom Brady and the offense have taken them far and that defense has really fallen apart underneath him. And uh, let's not forget that when Tom Brady won those first couple of Super Bowls with the Patriots, okay, that defense was amazing. And that defense held him up before he was the guy who was throwing 50 50 touchdown passes in a single season. Um, Enough about the Patriots. Let's jump to the Jets. They just cut Antonio Cromartie. Uh, That didn't work out. Uh, That did not work out whatsoever. Uh, Came in, signed a decent deal. I think he signed a four-year deal, um, relatively team-friendly, so they were able to cut him after a season and not feel too bad about it. Um, But he did not work out for them. Buster Screen, Darrell Rivas, all of those guys were a little bit – they weren't – Darrell Rivas was not a disappointment, but his play was a little inconsistent. He did have some massive blown coverage touchdowns during the season. Um, Buster Screen played some good – these were all secondary guys, uh, D-backs, who were brought up in the – who were brought in the offseason to kind of help fill um, that sieve of a defense they had last year. And um, there was they left something to be desired. Uh, Darrell Rivas, Rivas and Screen will be back, but uh, Cromartie's dem- uh, definitely gone. A um, couple other things to think about for the Jets are Ryan Fitzpatrick. He worked out. Uh, there's probably going to be suitors for him, but I think he was a pleasant surprise for the Jets. They, I think they saw that Geno Smith, there's only so many years you can give him to hope he's going to you know, definitely be the guy. You can probably thank I.K. Enigpali. Uh, the Jets should send him like a care package or something because if he didn't break Geno Smith's jaw by cold cocking him in the offseason, Ryan Fitzpatrick probably never really would have gotten the uh, gotten to see the light of day. Well, that's not true. Geno Smith probably would have been benched due to poor play during that season anyway. he's I, I'm not sold on Geno Smith one bit, and Ryan Fitzpatrick ain't bad. He's definitely been run out of a couple of uh, towns because his play can be inconsistent. You know, when you get him to that point where you need him to get him over the hump and really win a game, he'll throw a couple of interceptions and it can be painful. He can pull a Brian Hoyer in the Houston Texans playoff game this season, if you guys know what I mean. Um, 
the Jets also should probably look into locking up Muhammad Wilkerson. So there was a lot of discussion about Muhammad Wilkerson and Sheldon Richardson, and that they were fant- they're fantastic defensive line guys, but they both wanted big money from the Jets. And the guy who really was probably playing better was Sheldon Richardson, and he was looking like he was going to be earning that money. So Muhammad Wilkerson would be on the outside looking in because Sheldon Richardson was going to get that money. But then Sheldon Richardson got caught driving a hundred and. 40 miles an hour down his local town street and then he pulled into a driveway and tried to hide from the police officers the police officers found him inside the car was um some uh, a gun uh, some marijuana and um his 12 year old nephew yeah that didn't work out too well for sheldon richardson so Muhammad Wilkerson really sort of took uh, the opportunity to shine. He played as well as he hoped he would. He didn't get into trouble or speed down his local neighborhood street. And now he's primed to be getting a big deal from the Jets because he's looking good. And Richardson, eh, he's probably going to be the guy who might be, uh, you know, the conduct detrimental to the team type guy. Uh, another thing Barnwell said about the Jets, which is, I think, a good point, um, Chris Ivory he, he said you should walk away from him. Um, he is, you can certainly save some money. Uh, get, you know, he got a decent amount of money. He was a decent cap hit. And he plays good football at the running back position. But in the last couple of seasons, he does have um, a tendency to wear down at the end of the season. His play really does dip if you look at production when you hit November and December of the season. Um, and on that same token, bring back Bilal Powell. Bilal Powell is a hard runner. And he was playing great minutes last um, last season when Chris Ivory was hurt a little bit and also underperforming. So there's sort of an alternative. Let's just uh, give Bilal Powell some better money. Let Chris Ivory walk out the door, and uh, let's you know let's not think too much about it. Probably see a few more uh, cap casualties like maybe Jeff Cumberland. A few names that you've seen on the Jets for a bit that stretch back to the Rex Ryan. Um, I don't want to say Rex Ryan, Mike Tannenbaum slash John Idzik regime. Uh, a few of those guys are probably going to get shown the door pretty soon. Um, let's go jump to the Buffalo Bills. So aside from Rex Ryan's, uh, what's, what's the best word to discuss his, you know, he's a, a blowhard. Blowhard. That's a great adjective to discuss Rex Ryan. He is a blowhard. Um, this offseason, he, he signed his brother, his brother, Rob Ryan, who's been run out of, ta- you know, team after team after team after his, you know, no, uh, reputation as being a great defensive coach continues to be quashed by the fact that he coaches defenses that are terrible. Anyway, Rex Ryan is going to bring him into Buffalo. Let's see how he does with the Bills defense. A couple of things to mention about the Bills, um, at least from a defensive standpoint. There has been a discussion a lot about Mario Williams. Mario Williams, this great defensive player uh, from the Houston Texans, was the number one overall pick, came to Buffalo, signed a monster contract. Um, He's performed well, but he's been very outspoken when it comes to the coaching staff and when it comes to the direction of the team and specifically the defense. Uh, His disagreements with the scheme, his sort of opposition to Rex Ryan, there was a feeling from the get-go that he wasn't going to fit on that Bills team, and there has been a feeling going into this offseason of that exact thing. So there's a sense that they should cut him. There's also a sense 
uh, try to trade him. Um, there's also a sense that maybe like there's been some discussion that Mario Williams wants out, but then there were also reports that he's willing to restructure his deal and he wants to stay in Buffalo. Um, either way, he's a great player. There's a, there's a lot of feelings that they should move on from him. If they do, I mean, he's going to find a home with another team and play just as well. He's going to be a, a real tasty free agent pickup if somebody gets him. Um, cornerback, Stephen Gilmore, um, Bill Barnwell really recommends you should give an extension to that guy. Played very well this season. Uh, you know, was was a more reliable piece of that Buffalo defense when they did have some issues. Uh, he's saying extended on that guy. Uh, offensive line, he's saying we should uh, really re-sign uh, Cordy Glenn and Richie Incognito. They were a really good um, reliable pieces of that offensive line for the Bills this season. And you should also really look into the Tyrod Taylor situation. So, he kind of came in on on a very, you know, under-the-radar deal and scenario because I think he was brought in for the Bills to kind of take a look at him only to then find out that, you know, he's he's pretty darn good and he won the starting job. And, you know, I think you're going to see E.J. Manuel. I mean, he'll probably – I think he's got another year on his rookie deal, so he'll probably stick around as the backup. But if um, the Bills can extend Tyrod Taylor to a nice team-friendly contract – that's going to be a, a really a nice coup for them because you lock up a guy who could be your starting uh, quarterback for the next couple of seasons and you're not paying him a king's ransom. Uh, however, he is going to you know garnish uh, some good uh, uh, attention on the free agent market. So get in there now. See if you can get the extension done now. Put it to bed. Move on. Lock up your starting quarterback. That's a very important position in the NFL. Last I checked. Um, and then I have, I can't mention the Buffalo Bills without mentioning LaShawn McCoy. So supposedly he was in Philadelphia the other day and, um, was out very late at night with some friends and they were at a bar and they got into a fight with a couple of guys who turned out to be off duty police officers about the fight was about who owned a particular bottle of champagne. They all apparently LaShawn McCoy and three other guys beat the crap out of these off duty police officers. The, the police officers fought back, but apparently police officers got the brunt of it. Anyway, I don't know if charges have officially come out. I don't know if LaShawn McCoy actually did any of this. Maybe he wasn't even there. I don't know. I'm just I'm just reading this stuff in the papers or the proverbial papers, the, the, the digital papers that come out of line. Um, but either way, it's news. If they actually prove that he was involved or something, you might see some punishments coming down from the Commissioner Goodell. You know, that guy is like Captain Punishment. Left and right, he's just trying to suspend someone or find someone or strip a team of a draft pick. So that's the Bills for you. The last team in that division I'm going to jump on is the Miami Dolphins. Number one, they will be restructuring Indomitian Sue's contract. Something to know about Indomitian Sue's contract is it's a monster. He is getting paid over $100 million. Uh, the big thing to know about it is the guaranteed money. Um, uh, uh, let me get Foxy. I'm going to, I want Foxy to Foxy check the exact guaranteed money on Indomitian Sue's contract. Thank you. Thank you, Foxy. Okay, so I confirmed that the uh, guaranteed money for Indomitian Sioux is $59.955 million. So he's got $60 million guaranteed in this monster contract. Now, the way they structure this is they structure it in ways that it's going to work for Indomitian Sioux, and it's also going to work for the team. So when he signed the deal last year, his salary cap hit was very, very low so that they could have room to sign other guys on the Miami salary cap. Now... In order to make that work, 
they had to make his second-year salary cap gigantic. He has an astronomical, out-of-control salary cap hit of like $28.5 million this season. He's never gonna, they're never going to do that. The way this contract was made is that it's going to be restructured this offseason. What they're going to do is they're going to move some of that money so they can pay it off to him over the next five years. They're able to do that. Um, they're going to guarantee some more of his money right now so they're, they're able to take it off the salary cap and give it right to him as some type of a bonus. And then they'll bring his salary cap number down to, you know, uh, something like, oh, Foxy, let's check. What can the salary cap number actually come down to for Indomitian Sue? Thank you, Foxy, the fact checker. So I confirmed with Foxy that the salary cap hit is $23.9 million. When they restructure the deal, they'll be giving him essentially kind of like a second signing bonus of about $20 million, which means they're going to free up probably about $16 million in cap room. So they're just going to give him all the money now and free up the cap space but then what they do is they then portion it out over the next five years. So they, you know, his money then is it's essentially spreading his money out. So his cap hit in the second year is not astronomical, although it gets bigger for the rest of the years to come. That's how you do this stuff, especially with a colossal deal like Indomitian Sue's. Um, I, I think the Dolphins. Uh, this this was more like a, a steal for Sue than it was for the Dolphins. I mean, he's an excellent. He is a fantastic football player. He deserves that money. He really is that good. The Dolphins are bad coaching. They fire their coach after a one and three start. The offense. Uh, they get the same offensive coordinator that uh, Chip Kelly was using in Philadelphia. And Ryan Tannehill kind of regressed last season after they gave him a lot of money. I don't like how the Miami Dolphins are particularly run. Um, to to kind of dovetail on that same idea. Um, one of the things Bill Barnwell says, he's got to cut Greg Jennings. Why is Greg Jennings still on the Miami Dolphins roster? I mean, no offense to him. I, listen, I ain't got no beef with him, but he's he's been underperforming for a couple of seasons now. And, uh, you know, they're paying him decent money. I don't think he's going to be on the 53-man roster at all. He's going to be a cap casualty. Um, there's also a feeling of uh, Brent Grimes, the cornerback. He's He's played well, but he's also got a little age he's had some injury issues there's a um, there's a feeling that uh you know he's going to be another cap casualty but they they don't really have anybody who's going to be able to replace him so maybe you just hang on to him for a bit longer and you know they, they they've got a lot of terrible decisions to make if you know what I'm talking about the the Dolphins have really painted themselves into a corner in a lot of respects and sometimes it's it's dicey to think about the moves that they have to make. Uh, Lamar Miller, I think, is someone where um, I think Bill Barnwell said you should let him walk, see if you can get one. Jay Ajayi was a pretty nice player for them as a rookie running back. You know, don't spend your money on a Lamar Miller. Let him go be good somewhere else. Um, another guy to look into is Olivier Vernon. He played really well on that defense. And now Cameron Wake was a fantastic defensive player who got injured last year with the Dolphins. So there's a real sense that if they want to make that defense any good or competitive at all, they're going to need to lock up these guys. And Olivier Vernon was one of those guys who sort of, you know, played better than anyone expected him to play. And it's a guy where you don't want to let him walk away. I think they might end up franchise, franchise tagging him, to be quite honest. And he might be the guy who gets the tag this season. Um, anyway, yeah, that's the long and the short of I think. I mean, listen, I could go into all these teams a little bit more, but I did that division. What do you think? You think we should do another division? Let's do one more division, talk a little bit more. Um, yeah, let's let's jump into it. So we did uh, the NFC East. We did the AFC East. Um 
what division you guys want to talk about? What are you thinking of, huh? Which 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 is one that that sticks out? You're like, oh, I like this. You know, let's let's get a little crazy. Let's do the AFC West. What do you think? The AFC West, the division that houses the um, Super Bowl winning champion Denver Broncos and the San Diego Chargers and the Oakland Raiders. Let's just jump right into these guys. Let's let's have some fun. So the Denver Broncos, number one, Von Miller. They got to keep Von Miller. The guy was the MVP of the Super Bowl, one of the best pass rushers in the league, has been for the last couple of seasons. They're probably going to franchise tag him. Um, he's going to get gigantic money, and it's going to take them some time to kind of put that together. And I think franchising him was probably going to be the quickest, easiest answer. He's going to make money that they know he's going to make, and um, it at least allows them a little bit more breathing room to figure out how to make all the money work and gives them more time to figure out what they're going to do with Peyton Manning. So Peyton Manning has got a gigantic cap hit. Um, I believe it's a $21.5 million cap hit. There's a very good chance he retired. If he retires, that's essentially like waving him or cutting him or something of that matter. They're going to get all that cap room back. So if they get that cap room back when Peyton Manning retires, you can dedicate that towards Von Miller. But right now, with Peyton Manning in limbo, you don't really know what's going to happen or not. I believe he's got to make his decision by March 1st, so we'll probably know pretty soon. Um... Then you also need to know how much of that cap room am I going to need to have sitting around to sign Brock Osweiler? Because Brock Osweiler is definitely their future. That's going to be someone that they're going to want to keep. Uh, I mean, he was not bad last year. I think he's got a future. I think he's a legitimate quarterback. And that's something you, you can't take for granted at all in this league. So, you know, the Peyton Manning decision is going to dictate a fair amount of what's happening here. Um few other guys to be uh, to think about as, as they move forward is yeah, they're definitely going to want to try to bring back Malik Jackson. Uh, he was fantastic last year on their defense. Um, Der Demarcus Ware, I'm listening, he was great, but how many more seasons does he have left? So sort of shoring up more depth on that defensive line is going to make a big difference. Danny Trevathan is probably going to be the guy that's going to leave because, you know, this happens. When a team wins a Super Bowl, all of the players on the team – become really sweet, expensive, blue-chip commodities. It's like someone, it's like Halle Berry winning Best Actress and then doing Catwoman, you know? Sometimes it's like, you are amazing, I'm going to throw money at you, and then they're a disappointment. Like when Paul Kruger got given, he, he got a big contract. He was on the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens win the Super Bowl in 2012. He gets a big contract to go play with the Cleveland Browns, and he wasn't any good. It wasn't, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like whatever, you know? It's like going and getting... Uh, who was it? Shandon Anderson or one of those guys from the Utah Jazz team and bringing him to the, the New York Knicks and thinking he was going to be good. You know, it's like, oh, he was on a championship team. It's like, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't mean he's really good. He's just on the championship team. You know, uh, friggin' Darko Milicic was on a championship team, the human celebration cigar. Uh, so I think that Malik Jackson's a guy that they're going to – Danny Trevathan, someone's going to snatch him up and it's not going to be the Denver Broncos. Um, a guy who we didn't really talk about that much this year with Denver Broncos because he missed the entire season with an injury um, is Ryan Clady. Ryan Clady is a really good offensive lineman for the Broncos who missed 2013 and 2015 with knee injuries, pretty bad, awful knee injuries. Um, so both seasons that the Broncos went to the Super Bowl, Ryan Clady was not playing on their offensive line. And he's a great offensive lineman who's making crazy money. So um, Bill Barnwell's suggestion was cut him. I believe the Broncos simply restructured his contract. So he's now, um, I believe he's still on the roster. They're going to let him come back from his injury. But they're certainly trying to figure out how to get out from under some of the money they're giving him because they committed quite a bit to him. 
Um, that's what I'm thinking there. I don't know. Does Vernon Davis stay on that team? I don't know if they're going to keep Vernon Davis around. Uh, I, I don't know what it, Oh, Foxy. Hey, Foxy. Let's check out the contract situation with Mr. Davis. Thank you, Foxy. Foxy confirmed. Vernon Davis' contract is up. He's gone. He was rented by the Broncos, won a Super Bowl, and I don't think they're going to bring him back since Owen Daniels and Virgil Green, the other tight ends on the roster, are both still there. And Vernon Davis didn't do very much for them. It's it's just, it's sad. He couldn't fit in. It's, it's hard to come into an NFL franchise and just start fitting in midway through the season, especially with a rotation of quarterbacks and everything. I just, hey, listen, you know what? He won a Super Bowl. Good for him. Good for him. Someone's going to, he's going to land somewhere. I don't think he's over the hill by any stretch of the imagination. Um, okay, let's, let's move on. Let's keep going through the division. The other team that's, the other team that's worth a damn in that division, I would say the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, my old boy, Andy Reid, big red. Uh, Chiefs certainly turned some heads this season after that one and five start and got really impressive, went to the playoffs and won a playoff game. Woohoo! Go Chiefs. Got a lot of, a lot of my wife's family lives in Kansas City. They're big Chiefs fans. Yo, go Chiefs! Uh, a couple of things that Barnwell says and a few other things I want to mention. Chase Daniel, there's a very good chance he's getting stolen away from that Chiefs team. If Doug Peterson and the Eagles don't scoop him up, someone else probably will. Um, so the Chiefs are probably going to be on the market for a backup quarterback very soon. A uh, couple things is Eric Berry, after coming back from um, leukemia, played fantastic football this season. Uh, there's a very good chance you might see him get franchise tagged. Uh, he's going to command big money, and I don't know if the Chiefs have the cap flexibility to make all of that work, um, especially in a long-term deal situation, so they're probably going to franchise him. Um, another guy to take a look at is Sean Smith. Um, they really need to look at keeping their defense together because many of their defensive players are getting older and they're going to need to let them go but they also need to figure out how to reward the defensive players of theirs that are thriving and exploding so uh Tom Bahali, Derek Johnson um Mike DeVito some of these guys might be shown the door I I think you I think out of those three maybe one of them is going to be kept and then there's some younger draft picks who they need to you know, really sort of groom for those spots. So you're going to see a transition with the Chiefs um, as they try to make all the money work. You know, these guys are playing well and they deserve to get paid. And, um, you know, the time is now to make that money. So uh, Dontari Poe is probably the guy who should be getting the money. Um, that's He was very, very, you know, he's one of the best nose tackles in football. Uh, you know, was a big part of that fantastic defense for the Chiefs last year. It's really going to be a pick your poison for the Chiefs. Who do we keep? And who do we let walk out the door? Um, on the offensive side, now, part of them need, they need to have some type of a future game plan for what happens when Jamal Charles doesn't come back. So he's going to be recovering from, I think, another ACL tear. Um, he's going to have this season probably, law. I don't think he'll be ready for the start of training camp. Um, and you know, now he's in a situation where how many, when he comes back, he'll be good, but how many more seasons does he have, it, you know, and they got some promising play out of, uh, Spencer Ware and Sharkantric West, the Sharknado, as I've heard him discussed online here and there. Um, but they're going to have some decisions to make great play this season. I feel optimistic about them for next season. I like Alex Smith. I like Jeremy Macklin. They just locked up Travis Kelsey with a big deal. I mean, they got the right pieces and you know, they, they've got, you know, these are good problems. I like to call them good problems, good problems. Now, 
Oakland Raiders and the San Diego Chargers. So let's start with the Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders should feel good about how things went this uh, this past season. They really turned some heads. Um, Derek Carr's play improved. Amari Cooper actually stood out as this great wide receiver that he was drafted to be. Thank goodness, a, a draft pick that worked out for the Oakland Raiders. Um, I don't know much about the running back situation. Latavius Murray was a little disappointing. Uh, they definitely have some uh, some things they need to think about when it comes to the um, the offensive line. Uh, they've got some good people there, but they're definitely going to need to shore it up. Um, the defense is, I think, something that they're going to need to work on just because they, they have holes that they need to fill. Um, Charles Woodson was great this year, but he's going to be retiring. Um, I think Khalil Mack, or I'm sorry, wait, I got I to gotta check it. Check, Foxy, check my facts. Thank you, Foxy. I just had to confirm. Khalil Mack, not Matt Khalil. Matt Khalil's the left tackle for the Minnesota Vikings. Khalil Mack is the defensive end for the Raiders. He was an inspiration last season, playing out of his mind. I mean, this guy is like a future Von Miller-type defensive guy who the Oakland Raiders are now have and can really stick to. Jack Del Rio did great things with that team. I really like the steps they made. Uh, you know, Derek Carr... Looks to me like he this guy could be a few a franchise quarterback. They've you know Oakland finally has some good th- some things to be feeling positive about, with the exception of their stadium issue. Both they and the Chargers, it looks like, are desperate to get out of their stadium agreements. But not going to happen this year. Everyone's going to stay where they are at least for the 2016 season. Uh, another note, um, probably uh, Justin Tuck retired. Uh, you know, after his uh, time with the Giants, he spent a couple of seasons with the Raiders. The Raiders, and he um, uh, he formally retired. Uh, I, I think they were going to cut him anyway, so that was you know he probably just he that was a preemptive shh. For, you know, a, shh, let me tell you the story about let me tell you a story about a man named shh. You know, so that was a preemptive shh before you know he actually was cut by the team. Um, Terrence Knighton uh, was I think a good fit. Um, oh wait a minute, hang on a second. Is that it was Terrence Knighton on that team? Hang on. Negative. Terrace Knighton was not on that team. It He was on the Washington Redskins, but Barnwell is saying, yo, you should have Terrence Knighton go back to playing with Jack Del Rio. Terrence Knighton played with Jack Del Rio for a long time. He was with him in the Jacksonville when Jack Del Rio was a coach of the Jaguars. And then uh, Terrence Knighton was with Jack Del Rio in Denver when Jack Del Rio was a, Denver, a de- bleh, defensive coordinator for the Broncos. Um so bringing back th- the point is they need to fill some gaps. They're a team on the rise that could actually maybe be they might actually be able to have a winning record in the next couple of seasons. I, I'm, I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. Finally, uh, San Diego Chargers, they do have a sweet spot in my heart. I kind of like the Chargers. The truth of the matter is it's been oh, what a terrible season for them. For the second year in a row, they had a whole bunch of injuries and terrible play on their offensive line. They've got a real issue trying to find stable offensive line players. Um, They've got to find a replacement for Malcolm Floyd. Malcolm Floyd is finally going to be retiring. Uh, I don't know if they retain Stevie Johnson. Um, They'll probably end up giving some good money to Keenan Allen. Uh, Antonio Gates, um, they're saying they should re-sign him. He's definitely a free agent right now. There's a feeling that they need to re-sign him and kind of keep that continuity, that Philip Rivers, you know, cohesiveness going. And, you know, where's Antonio Gates going to go? I mean, he can go places, but why leave the place that he's played his entire career with and, you know, help these guys try to put together at least a decent season last year? They were just marred by injuries and poor play on the defensive side. And, 
there's some mismanagement there when it comes to the um, the organization. Donald Brown is somebody you can cut. He was a bad contract signing two, three years ago when they brought him in. Um, he, he was going to be a running back, a, I guess a change of pace back. He never got any uh, time on the field. Danny Woodhead, Melvin Gordon have been out-touching him in the running back um, position since he was signed. Um, Chargers can save about $3.5 million by getting rid of him. It's just... You know, and then they've got the Eric Weddle situation. You know, they, they they wanted to keep him. They didn't want to give him the money. And then they said he was injured, but he wasn't injured. There was a lot of drama there. That's San Diego's having some issues, if you know what I mean, when it comes to a drama perspective. Whew. Anyway, that's that's I think that's all I got. That's all I want to say right now. I think we went through a bunch of divisions. We did the AFC West. That's three divisions. That's a lot to talk about. I'll come back. I've got how many more divisions? I think I have five more divisions. It's a lot of there's a lot of teams in the NFL, and I could talk and talk and talk and talk. But thanks for listening today, guys. I appreciate it. Everyone out there who's uh, been listening, I really appreciate it. Uh, getting on the mic, talking about some of this stuff, really just kind of brings me back to normal. Sometimes I find that I. I have this sports in me, and I need to get it out. Um, so as always, thanks for listening. I'm going to remind everyone, Sam Sports, uh, eh, Sam's Sports Podcast is the podcast form of how you get everything Sam Sports. I will also be doing the radio show, Sam Sports Show, on 610 AM ESPN Radio in the Philadelphia area, Saturday mornings, 10 AM. Check it out. You can also find me at 610amsports.com. As always, subscribe to me on iTunes, subscribe to me on Stitcher, subscribe to me on SoundCloud, follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. You can follow me on Instagram at SamSportsStation. Email me at SamSportsStation at gmail.com. Give me some information. Give me feedback. Give me questions. Give me a question. Anybody who's listening, send me a question at SamSportsStation at gmail.com, and I will read that question on the air. I guarantee you I will take it, and I will say, so-and-so sent me this. They had this question. I mean, I'm going to do a whole segment on it. I mean, what else am I doing? I'm talking to you on this podcast. That's what I'm doing. So that's the long and the short of it. Thank you so much for helping me get through this week. Talking on this, uh, this podcast is really just uh, really helps me get through the day sometimes, and I hope it helps you guys out too, and I hope you guys enjoy sports as much as I do. Anyway, love you. Talk to you soon. Take it easy. Bye-bye.